Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Angie's List is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Thank you so much to Co for sponsoring today's episode. Um, this is a company that is doing something that's really personal to me. Um, Cove is solving migraine treatment plans effectively. So if you've been listening to this podcast, you probably know that I've been dealing with chronic migraines since I was a teenager. And that means that part of my life involves just constantly thinking about migraine medication, making sure that I have it with me at all times, making sure that I'm not about to run out and that if I am about to run out, that I have a refill on my subscription and that if I don't have a refill, that I have a doctor's appointment so I can... Um, get in touch with them. Cove is solving all of this and basically making it possible to treat your condition from the comfort of your own home. There's no more waiting for doctor's appointments, paying expensive co-pays, and standing in line at the pharmacy. You can get your prescription migraine medication delivered directly to your door. And this part is huge to me. You don't need insurance. And I think a lot of people who have chronic migraines run into this issue where the insurance gives you a limited amount of pills each month. But if you're getting migraines once a week or more, as so many people do, that's not enough pills. With Cove, the treatment plan begins with a simple consultation completed online. A doctor reviews your symptoms and determines the best course of treatment for you, and then your personalized supply of medication is delivered directly to your door. If you're someone like me who's been taking the same medication for years and you know already what works for you, you just let them know, hey, this is what I take. They review, confirm that they think that's the best thing for you, and assuming that that's a medication that they work with, that's the medication they'll supply for you. This is all doctor-supervised by a doctor who is licensed to practice medicine in the state you live in, and they're the ones who prescribe the medication and oversee your treatment. And it's all FDA-approved medication for both acute situations and preventative medications. If you're someone who suffers from migraines, you know that the last thing you need to do is wait to see a doctor. With Cove, there's finally a way to get the help you need when you need it. So for a limited time, get your first month of medication free when you visit withcove.com slash a thing or two. That's W-I-T-H-C-O-V-E dot com slash a thing or two for a free month of medication. Hello, and welcome to A Thing or Two, a deep dive into stuff we think more people should know about. I'm Claire Mazur. And I'm Erica Cerullo. You might know us as the co-founders of Of A Kind, the co-authors of WorkWife, are just two women who feel so strongly about their relationship that they own the domain ClaireAndErica.com. Related? Head over there to sign up for our newsletter. Or give us a call. Well, no, and. and. This is not an or situation. No. This is an no, and no, no, situation. No, 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 no. 
And call us at 833-632-5463. Leave us a voicemail. Tell us everything. Ask us a question. Yeah, so this is our new but not new podcast. Newish. It's like the same. Healthy-ish, you know. (laughs) (laughs) It's the same, but we got a new look. We got a slightly new name. Same, same, but different. Yeah. Yep, all of it. Yeah, we're into it. I hope you are. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, oh, something else that mm-hmm. I'm I'm into. I yes. went to the gynecologist yesterday, yeah. um, which is not something I think I've always felt great about yeah. or like that a lot of people do. Mm-hmm. But my gynecologist that I go to, mm-hmm. I get an ultrasound at the gynecologist. Um, which I've never, yeah, I mean, well, of course I've had ultrasounds because I've had a baby. But, totally. Yeah. Which, but I, I just, I didn't know this was a thing that could be offered or a thing that, and I tried to find out I. if it's a common thing or not. And I don't have a lot of answers to that question because what I ended up surfacing in in this very cursory research was that um, some people recommend breast ultrasounds mm-hmm. for breast cancer mm-hmm. uh, screenings. Yeah. Either instead like, of or in place of a mammogram. Well, oh, well, also... I think maybe you know the answer to this. It's mm-hmm. like if you have dense breasts, sometimes a mammogram is Does not ex- enough. Yeah, and yeah, you yeah, need yeah, the yeah, ultrasound. yeah, yeah. Um, or if you have dense breast tissue. Yes. Yeah. Um, um, and I think they also read different things yeah. and can sense different things. Anyway. I feel like when you came back from your first appointment with this gynecologist and told me that you had an ultrasound, it felt like the first time someone came back from the dentist and was like, my dentist had Netflix. You yeah, know? Yeah. Like, it's like, it's like, the, it's like a leveling up. Listen, I don't know if I need an ultrasound mm-hmm. every year, but it, it definitely felt like, oh, there's, there's things going on here. Mm-hmm. Um, it felt very scientific. It felt mm. very thorough. Yeah. It feels very like... There's it felt sc- empirical. It felt very empirical mm-hmm. because going to the gynecologist sometimes doesn't feel all right. that empirical. No, I agree it's like, with you. okay, two fingers and a glove, and like, yep, everything feels normal. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, mm, like, right. what does that mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, I trust, you know, gynecology and medical yeah. school and all of these things. But, but you liked being able to see what was happening. Yeah. So did some, you find out anything from your well, ultrasound? So the ultrasound technician is not allowed to tell me much of anything. Okay. I did, well, here's what I found out. I found out that I have a very small ovarian cyst, which okay. I had last year yeah. or two on the other ovary. Oh, um, this is a new one. Yeah, which okay. is like, I think pretty normal. Yeah. And they're like, it's not a, it's yeah. not one, it's not something we're concerned about, but yeah. if it hurts you or anything, yeah. you know, let us know. Um, and I think I am a person who might just get ovarian cysts yeah. and that might be a thing. Mm-hmm. So, but they could see this in the ultrasound and they yeah. wouldn't have seen this without the ultrasound. Okay. But what I did get to see, what the ultrasound technician could show me, was my IUD. I got to see in my uterus my IUD. So, how did it look to you? Well, I was told it was placed perfectly. Oh my God, congratulations. And it looked like exactly like you imagine it looking. Did in a you way ask that was for satisfying. a printout? No, I should have. You should have yes. and put it I in a frame. <laughs> what do those cheesy frames say? There's always like some little quippy pun on like love at first sight. That's like, <laughs> <laughs> that is how I feel about my IUD. Yeah, I love it deeply. <laughs> I'm so grateful that it is where it's supposed to be doing the thing it's supposed to be doing. This is. I should go see. Well, I I'm I'm in between gynecologists because I switched. I I don't yes. can't remember if I talked about this, I don't but know if I you did. So I loved my OBGYN um, when I who I was seeing when I first got pregnant, and then I took a hospital tour pretty early on in my pregnancy just because I was like anxious about the idea of a hospital because I'd never really. Well, spent it's just time. nice to see yeah. where you're going to be delivering a baby. And they tell you not to do it until you're like really close. And I was like, no, I need to like be able to visualize. And I really did not like the hospital. So 
I very sadly ended up switching OBs because OBs like are tied to the hospital where they deliver. Um, and I, I like felt pretty neutral to like sometimes not great about the OB. Actually, I would say I didn't like the OB who but I ended switched I switched to. No, you to. didn't. When I say neutral, that's a result of me like having uh, like so many women terrible experiences at the OB over the years. So you're like, if it's terrible, it's fine. You know, like the yeah. expectations are so lowered. So I switched OB. So now I want to go back to my original OB, but I feel a little sheepish about it. I don't, why I don't do think sheepish? I need to because I also wrote her like the most heartfelt breakup letter ever that was like, you're one of the fav- my favorite doctors I've ever seen. I just don't want to deliver at this hospital. She knows why you left. No, it's she not knows, weird. So I'll go back. And it wasn't like you ghosted her. No. Like- <laughs> I did the opposite of ghosting her. I, I wrote way too long of an email to her about it. And I also, I did it like somewhat late, but not so late in my pregnancy. And I remember being anxious and feeling a little ashamed and like who, what gyno would take me. And my wonderful doula, Jesse Pornaris, I remember I met her right after I, or like when I was in the midst of switching and she like gave me a lecture. She was like, it is never too late to switch your gynecologist. She was like, I don't care if you're in labor in the hospital. If you're not happy with who's delivering your baby, you can ask for a different doctor. And she was like, this is a really important thing for women to know. I feel like a lot of women, like pregnant women especially, feel like, oh, I'm like already pregnant. I'm like in the midst of this. Well, you also don't want to, I mean, again, I don't know. I've never done this and I'm not planning on it. You just don't want to feel like you're doing something wrong. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Because it already feels like there's so many things you don't know what you're doing. And like, you're just, you should just... You're with this gynecologist. Yeah. Stay with the gynecologist. Right, exactly. Like, but no, actually. And yeah, and she, I remember she, that made me feel, she was like, she was like, you, like, this is such a, obviously there are so many factors and you want to be comfortable. Like, you can always switch if you want to switch. It's never too late to switch. And and yeah, even even if the baby's like on its way out, you can ask for another doctor. So something I didn't really know. People should make gynecologist appointments, don't you think? If you oh, haven't had myself in, if, included, if you haven't had your annual checkup, just do it. Yeah, just do it, and keep doing it until you find one you like. Oh my gosh, yeah, totally, absolutely. Do you, you want to shout out your gyno? Um, my gyno is Pure OBGYN, mm-hmm. um, which is uh, they have an office in Brooklyn, like a uh, sort of Park Slope, Prospect Heights ish mm-hmm. area. Um, it's very convenient to the two three train, um, and they also have an office in Manhattan. Um, I want to shout out my gynecologist who I broke up with, but I think I'm going to go back to Vanessa Pena, like really just one of the most wonderful doctors I've ever had. She's with Wild Cornell and she is in lower Manhattan. She's like in the Tribeca area. This is so convenient. We've really given people options. Geographic options. And yeah. And yeah, if you're having a baby, if you're not having a baby, she's a great doctor. Yeah, that's lovely. Um, So something we wanted to talk about Mm -hmm. on this episode, um, a lot of you maybe probably we think know this at this point, but we um, closed our business. Wow, it would be so awkward for people if they didn't know at this point. We've done this whole thing about renaming our podcast and giving no context. Yeah, well, here's the Get context. Get up to speed, folks. Yeah, Get here we up go. to speed. So uh, we shut down of a kind. Um, and it was after working on it for 10 years, it being yeah. alive and for public for nine. nine. Yeah. yeah. Almost exactly nine, really. It, we didn't shut it down. It was shut down. It was shut down. Yeah. The business um, closed. Yeah, the business closed. Yeah. Um, and it was not, you know, as these things go, it was not a total surprise to us in the sense that things happen. Things happen. Um, businesses change. People overseeing businesses change. And um, we and the team had had like a sense that something might change. Um, yeah, all, but who knew? Who knew? And, you know, we also had a sense that maybe things wouldn't change and, like, you know, we held out hope. Um, but we 
it, we closed down the business. In some ways, I would say it was a relief that it wasn't our decision. Yes. And I think that was one of the first things I realized upon learning the news was that we'd run, we'd, like you said, we've been working on this business for 10 years. And there were so many times over the course of those 10 years that I thought we might have to close the business and that it would have to be our decision, that we'd have to pull the plug, that it would be or because... Or that it's because we did something wrong. Yeah, that it was because um, we of some the like, into the ground. Yeah, like some failing, whether it was, a, you know, a, a, mm-hmm. an avenue we should have never pursued yeah. or something we didn't see coming. Yeah. Um, yeah. And in a lot of ways, going out the way it went out when the business was in a place that we felt proud of, that it wasn't our decision, that it was out of our hands, that we had done a lot of the things that we had set out to do... Um, made it a lot easier, which, and by no means was this an easy process. Yeah. <laughs> made it a lot yeah. easier. Made as it a lot in, less like, hard. Yeah yeah yeah, yeah. 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 Um, one of the biggest stressors going into this process, um, was I think ev- even just like contemplating, like, might this happen mm-hmm. was having a team, yeah. um, and having, um, eight full-time employees and, uh, three to four part-time interns, yeah. um, who we were very invested in, mm-hmm. Um, both as individuals and just, like, as a group. And that that was, in a lot of ways, I mean, I listen, I think we're not that far out from this, right? We're still processing. But at least where I am now, it still feels like this sort of, like, deepest wound yeah, that we're yeah, losing yeah, 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 them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and I, I, the wound of losing of a kind and, and what that means is, like, a, of a different ilk. But, yeah. like, it really hurts to lose the team because – We've talked about this before, but like growing of a kind has been such a journey of learning how to be managers and yeah. leaders. And we, I think, have made so much progress in that arena. And I think it was like nowhere more evident in the fact that our team was so good and we were so proud of them and we really liked all of them. And not only were they all really talented, but they all worked really well together. Yeah. Um, and it was kind of devastating to be like, it wasn't kind of, it was devastating yeah. to be like, wow, we finally have the perfect team in place and they're running like a well-oiled machine and everybody respects each other, everybody collaborates well, everyone understands what their roles and responsibilities are, but how to give input on other aspects of the business. It felt really great. Yeah. (laughs) And, and, And that really devastated me when thinking about might this happen. The thing that I didn't realize was gonna hurt so much or be so sad when it finally did happen was how much I would miss seeing them every day and hanging out with them. And that really, like even talking about it, I get a pit in my stomach, but I'm just like, wow, these people like are, you know, they're a certain version of my family, you know? And in those final days, because after we made the announcement that we were shutting down Avakine, there was still a lot of time where we, um, where the team was, where the team was still working together. And it was like, I almost like didn't, want to be out of the office at all because I was like, I want to soak up all of these final days with them, even though there was not that much to do. And so then like when we found out the news, the most immediate, the only thing, well, not the only thing, but one of the only things that was on our mind was like, how do we tell the team? Yeah. That, I think I was never more anxious or like sleepless in this process so far um, than I was in the days before um, telling our team and just sort of like knowing that we had to and being worried about their reactions and and just how they were going to take it and how they were all going to feel. Same. Um, We had to delay telling them a little bit because one of them was out on her honeymoon and another was at her brother's wedding. So that also made it hard to be like, these people are going to walk back into the office into this. Yeah, totally. Um, And I think God bless them all. Um, they handled it as well as a group of 
of 10 women could. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're just, I think, really immediately almost bound together in it. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's something that we realized pretty much as soon as we told our team that, oh, right, because it's not like layoffs or because mm-hmm. it's not, you know, uh, one person is being let go. Or even just one person got another job somewhere. Yeah, exactly. Like there's this bondedness that it creates. Mm-hmm. And it was almost immediately like the summer camp vibes yeah. that did make it, I think, wanting to soak up that time. Yeah. And like people were really enjoying yeah. each other and supporting each yeah. other and really being there for each other. Yeah. And no one had the question of like, could I have done something or could right. I have so- yeah. solved for this? No. I mean, there were moments when we were talking to them where it, that came up and I was just like, that was not going to be the thing where yeah. they would say like, well, the thing I just keep thinking is like, we should have done X, Y, Z earlier. And I'm like, that, that was not the not, thing. No, that was not going to be, be the thing. thing. Yeah. Thank you so much to Acuity for sponsoring today's episode. Um, so when I was training for the marathon, I was always so confused by um, how the personal trainer that I was working with to coach me through the marathon managed his business because he was in workout sessions all day, but then would also have people emailing him all day to try to book appointments. And he was constantly complaining about that. He was like, I just can't stay on top of email because people expect a response right away. And I'm just like not sitting at a computer. Now it is very obvious to me that he is exactly the type of person who needs a product like Acuity. Um, So Acuity is an appointment scheduler. So if you have any sort of business or side hustle that requires to book appointments with you, it basically acts as a 24-7 assistant for you. It fills your calendar. It takes hours of work off your plate. So clients get to see your real-time calendar and availability. It will automatically send them booking confirmations once they choose a time that they want to see you. It's all tailored with your brand and your messaging. It will deliver it deliver text reminders. It even allows people to reschedule on their own, which I think is huge. Um, It even processes payments, which I'm like, wow, okay, this thing really does it all. So you never have to go back and forth asking like what time works for you? What about this? What about that? Because they just enable you to do all of this really seamlessly, look incredibly professional while doing it, um, and look like yourself while you're doing it because it can all be in sort of your brand and your voice. And as Claire had mentioned, it makes a lot of sense for like a freelancer and independent contractor, but it also scales for established businesses with multiple locations and employees, all of that goodness. It updates all of your calendars that you already use, like Google Outlook, iCloud, or Office 365. So it's not like you have to, you know, start an entirely new system. It works so well with what you're already doing. Save yourself from the day-to-day drudgery of having to keep up with your clients and your busy schedule by using Acuity Scheduling. For a limited time only, you can get 45 days of Acuity Scheduling absolutely free, no credit card required by going to acuityscheduling.com slash a thing or two. That's acuityscheduling.com slash a thing or two. We are so grateful to today's sponsor, which is one that we really believe in, um, BetterHelp. One of the things that we get so much feedback on whenever we discuss it on the show is mental health, whether it's talking about depression, anxiety, trouble sleeping, um, or just sort of general discontent. Um, I think everybody can benefit from therapy because everybody at some point in their lives is dealing with these things. And um, one of the things that I always say to friends is like, don't wait until it's a dire situation. Um, Like do it when you feel like you can handle it so that when it does become dire, you have a resource to go to. Um, And, you know, it can be hard to feel like it can fit into your schedule, like it can fit into your routine, which is why we really believe in BetterHelp. Um, They offer 
licensed therapists that can help you feel better and achieve your goals on your own time and at your own pace. So they have 3,000 U.S. licensed therapists across all 50 states and four modes of communication. They do text, chat, phone, and video. You can start communicating with a counselor in under 24 hours and schedule weekly secure video or phone sessions plus chat and text with your therapist. Anything you share is, of course, confidential. And if for any reason you are not happy with your therapist, no big deal. You just request a different one. Best of all, it's a truly affordable option. A thing or two with Claire and Erica listeners get 10% off their first month with the discount code A Thing or Two. So why not get started today? Simply fill out a questionnaire and help them assess your needs and get matched with a counselor you'll love. Go to betterhelp.com slash a thing or two. That's betterhelp.com slash a thing or two. So you and I memorized a script. We yeah. wrote a script, we memorized it word for word. We like rehearsed. I mean, I hadn't memorized a script like this since I was like in high school doing theater. Uh, no, the last time I memorized a script like this was when we fired someone for yeah. the first time. Yeah. Um, it yeah. was just like we knew it was going to be emotional and we needed to not have to be searching for words. And well, and didn't want to miss sure anything that, yeah, because exactly. there were also like key logistical things yeah. to be delivered, but then also um, emotional like notes to hit yeah. too. So we, you and I met at a coffee shop near our homes on the morning of and then rehearsed it one more time over teas. And then we took the subway in together and then we sat on a park bench near our office just waiting for everybody to get to the office. And then and we that didn't was want like, a weird time killing thing and we yeah. thought that some of them might sort of know what was going on and we were right about that yeah. and didn't want there to be to create any more anxiety than needed yeah. to be created. So we, and this, this is when the anxiety is like an 11 out of 10 sitting on the park bench, just being like, all right, can't forget any words. Like just, just like, let this, let's a little just, bit. Just let's like just a go. slight amount of swaying. Yeah. <laughs> so we went and we did it. And like Erica said, I, they immediately were truly lovely about it. And I, I mean, I think one of the first, very first things we said to them after we broke the news was like, we are invested in you as people. Yeah. Um, and we are here for you and we're going to help you figure out your next steps. Um, and that became, that was nice in that we could pour all of our energy into that pretty immediately, was <clears throat> helping them figure out what was next for each of them. Yes. Um, so we announced it publicly uh, pretty quickly after that. And then um, that did give us the opportunity to start reaching out to people mm -hmm. on behalf of our team mm -hmm. and find it, you know, sort of giving them any thoughts that we had on places that they could be applying yeah. and hearing what they wanted to do next and what they were yeah. looking for and what mattered to them. And, yeah. um, well, yeah. and that was a really special thing because we met with them all two-on-one, you know, the two of us with one of them at a time. And each of them came in and said, you know, well, the thing that's most important to me after having this experience is that I like the people that I'm working for and with. And that felt like wow, if I could give you anything, like, I, that's the one thing I hope you walk out of here with. And I truly, I felt so proud. Um, yeah, I felt so proud that they felt that way. And that, and and also a little grateful that this experience had given them the opportunity to realize at the time to think and say like, okay, I, this is ending. Let me take a beat and figure out what I actually want and to say like, that's what I want. And, and I, I think, you know, we realize that because we work with each other and we wrote a whole book about what that means to us. But I I do always think it's the most important thing about your work is liking the people that you work with because you do it all day. And so the fact that they all realized that was really awesome. Yeah. And I mean, I think in just seeing how strongly everyone felt about the team, um, it did give us so much pride in having hired the team and nurtured a team. And I remember after one of these conversations saying to Clara, like, God, like I... 
I feel like today is the first day that I've been like, I think maybe we were good bosses or like, <laughs> or at least like decent, bo- like, yeah. because you just don't get feedback right. as a boss. No, of course um, not. Yeah. You're the only feedback you really get is people staying. Yeah. And people stayed, which, you I know, mean, it was a true vote of confidence, but like, it's nice to hear yeah. like, oh, I cherished this work environment. Um, so, that's so cool. There were 10 of us total when we shut down the business and the two newest people on the team had been there two years. Yeah. Um, so it had been like people had been there yes. um, for a while. And yeah, and I think they all just realized when they got the news, like, wow, this was kind of a special experience. And yeah, we felt we, we patted ourselves on the back about that. We felt really proud about that. Um, and then so once we sort of got through that, then the next like big sort of point was telling the world. Yeah. Um, and and <sighs> how did we do that? We, you know, we wrote an email together and I think that was like easy-ish in yeah, a way. Like yeah, it was yeah, yeah, yeah. it was straightforward and we knew what was important to us to say. I think it's it's not even that we weren't prepared for responses. It's that um I think I wasn't prepared to feel so overwhelmed emotionally yeah. by the responses. We got emails to customer yeah. service. We got, you know, emails personally to each of us. We got Instagram DMs. comments People and DMs placed their final orders and wrote notes to us in the gift note section, like where you would normally write a note to somebody you're giving a gift. People would write like, I loved of a kind so much. Thank you for everything. I can't believe this is my last order. And and all of these people were writing it in the gift note section. And I was so touched by it. It was um, so incredibly touching. I have a really hard time like processing things that are that nice period, like in the moment. It definitely yeah. takes a while. And especially when there's that many of them, it's and it's so wonderful and also totally overwhelming and a little emotionally exhausting trying to like take it all in. And we saw, I remember we saw Lizzie and Catherine Fortunato the weekend after all this went down. And, and they were two of the designers we'd worked with since, you know, 2010. 10, yeah, yeah. They were one, they were our second ever edition that we released and also good friends of ours. And Catherine was like, yeah, it's kind of like your wedding, right? When it's like so much love being directed at you and you're like, no, I want this to all be spread out over a year rather than like on this one day. And when she said that, I was like, that actually crystallized something for me, which is, I remember when I got married, so many people wrote really nice touching notes. And Chris and I had this really wonderful thing where we took the train home from our wedding and we like sat on the train and opened all these cards. And I was so touched by them. And I was also a little bit like stricken. Like I was like, fuck, I haven't done this. I didn't know that this was a thing when people got married. And I've been to all of these weddings and I haven't wrote written touching cards to anybody. And like this whole time I've been doing it wrong. And I kind of felt like that about Avakind where I was like, are there other businesses that have closed that I haven't properly expressed my emotions to and my condolences? Because I just couldn't believe how sweet people were and how – and I was like – I I could think of one business when Creatures of Comfort closed yeah, its doors. I felt them. compelled yeah, to yeah, write yeah, yeah, a, yeah. a nice note. But there are other businesses that have closed that I've loved or people, you know, who people who I've admired. And I was like, I never took the time to tell them, you know, what that meant. Well, but I think the thing is it's – I think it both made us it made both of us realize that there's an opportunity to just be doing more of that in general. Yeah. Not when something's closing Absolutely. or ending, but just to like show your love and appreciation. Um, because we were just so flattered and I think taken aback. And I mm-hmm. I was really emotionally um overwhelmed, but yeah. just how fucking nice people oh were. God, so nice. Um, I mean that, just so yeah. nice. And that like basically we were also talking about the fact that you probably really a lot of people only get to hear such nice things about business, like professional, yeah. you know, success or business or um, their careers 
when they're retiring. Yeah, exactly. Um, or, if, or, or if at all, or never. Or never. Yeah. Um, and so we feel just like, God, so like lucky. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah. Yeah, this whole thing has been a series of phases, but I remember that phase in particular, so many people be like, are you okay? Like, how are you doing? And I was like, I'm actually totally fine. Like, I, we're not you like totally were, fine, but. You were super like. Uh, well, in that moment, I was like, it was a combination of like, I'm fine because so many people are, I'm being so lifted up like by yeah. our community right now. Like the number of people just like saying nice things and reaching out, I feel very supported and like not alone, you know? Yeah, so yeah, I yeah. was like very okay in that sense. I also was just okay in the sense that like, I think, I think I'd done a lot of processing beforehand. Yeah. I think like we both had to some extent. Yeah. I think we just did processing yeah. around different things. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Um, Yes, definitely. I think I had, listen. In what do you feel like ways, you had processed? Well, in some ways, the day we sold our business, I felt like I started preparing for this. Like, in the sense that, like, you're no longer you don't, in You don't know. Yeah. yeah you yeah, don't yeah. know. And then I had just done a lot of thinking about, you know, in, in more recent history of what this would feel like and what it would be like. So it wasn't, um, it wasn't that, like, kick in the gut out of nowhere. Yeah, You know yeah, what I yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah. It was like, okay, this is happening and I've thought a lot about it. And so now it's just like happening. And I think I was taken aback by the things that like finally made me really sad were just like the saying goodbye of it all. It felt at the time, and this hasn't felt like this all the time, but when I did finally like start crying about it, it felt like a very healthy sadness as opposed yeah. to like a depression when like, yeah. I don't know, when yeah, I'm yeah. like, this isn't there's like a difference between like a productive sadness and a not. And I was like, this is sad, this but is I like can a grieving it. sadness. Yeah. And yeah. I, I, you and I talked about this, but I was like super nervous because I was so fine about it. I was like, fuck, I hope that I don't all of a sudden get really sad about this six months from now when everybody's moved on. <laughs> um, but you, you were like crying a lot right away. You cried immediately. I, uh, yeah, yeah. I cried the day that we found yeah. out basically until the sort of flood of, you know, nice notes yeah. um, stopped coming in. And I think for me, the things that tend to make me cry um, are more about like the, like being overwhelmed with emotion mm -hmm. um, and maybe conflicting emotion. Yeah. Um, and I think the things that like got really got me during that period. Mm -hmm. One, I mean, one, I was anxious um, yeah. and about the team stuff yeah. and just telling them and that I was like sleepless. I yeah. was like not hungry. I was, you know, yeah. like having those reactions to that. But then just like, we would get certain nice notes or mm -hmm. people would say like something um, that was like very human yeah. um, and kind. And those would be the things yeah. that would just make me like Hallmark TV style, just like yeah. cry. Yeah. So it's interesting you bring up like the anxious part because I think that actually speaks to a big part of why I wasn't really emotional right away, which is that I really felt like we hadn't done anything wrong. Yeah. And I don't know why that's an important distinction, but I felt like, we did this right. We had done every, and I felt but, like I could walk out of it with my he head held high. But Claire, and so there was even wasn't, if we had, no, I know, you know but what there I mean? was like, of course, it, we I, we could have done everything right, and I could have still felt some shame about no, it. But, even, but I felt no shame. But even if after nine years yeah. we ran like the, it, it, the business wasn't working anymore, that's a fine reason to sh for it to go oh, away too. That's what I'm saying. But yeah. I think I would have felt some amount of like shame or embarrassment yeah. or something yeah. like that. And because I had none of that, I was like able to be a little bit more okay about it where I was like, I know, I know what the right thing to do now is. Yeah. And I know the best way to handle this. And I don't have any like questions or 
anxiety around like yeah. what the right answer is or yeah. how to like how to feel like I know how to feel I know that this is like sad but I'm gonna be okay yeah. that was a big thing too I'd spent a lot of time being like will I be okay yeah, yeah. and before the news had broken I was like yeah I'll be okay yeah, yeah. I just hope that if the business if if the outcome of the business was mm-hmm. still in our control that yeah. we would have had the nerve yeah. to have shut it down if that would have been the right thing to do you know what I mean we definitely would have but yeah. i would have been in a completely different yeah. emotional state yeah i would have and and yeah there's something about the decision having been someone else's yeah. that made yeah, yeah, yeah. It, i think a lot easier for me I think I mean the other but I guess I want other people to feel like oh for sure yeah yeah, yeah. oh yes it it just feels like a trap otherwise I don't want to absolutely I'm just speaking to my personal my personal experience and like sort of aren't you know self analyzing why why I was not weeping all of the time um absolutely there's no shame in it other no matter what other than just like whatever yeah 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 I just know it's hard not to feel that way yes yes Um, yes I the other really big piece of this that I were forgetting perhaps because it is so obvious is that we'd committed to each other yes. long before this happened and the fact that we were in this together and that we knew we would be in it together on the other side of it was a very 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 big factor because I think it can be very easy to feel alone in these moments and I did not feel alone. A lot of people have asked me over the last couple of weeks um so are you and Claire going to like go your separate ways? Mm-hmm. Or are you guys going to like work on something together? And the idea that you and I right now would be mm-hmm. like, okay, cool. Yeah. Bye. <laughs> um, like I can't imagine how that would feel. Oh my God. I would be totally inoperable. Like I just yeah. would be, I would be a, a mess. And I, I think that's a really big piece of it for me. Like I know in general that my, mental health is tied a lot to a sense of like not being alone to yeah. like having a community having a network having a support system and I do think that in some ways as long as I know that I have that I like that's how I know I'll be okay and I think yeah the fact that we were in this together that I think we both trust that the other one's not going to let us totally flounder no um it, it is a huge turning it, it was a huge factor. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It was a huge, huge factor. I'm like, you're, you have your shit too much together. And so as long as you're like tying yourself to me, um, <laughs> you know. We are touchstones for each other. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for sure. So um, the other thing yeah. that I've been getting a lot of from people um, is, are you taking a break? Yeah. Um And man, this is something we have really struggled with and have so many different feelings around. Um, On the one hand, we've been running this business or working on this business for 10 years. um, And I think that we both definitely need some space to figure out what we want to do next. I mean, we haven't thought about what we want to do next since we were 26 and 27. Like truly Mm -hmm. had the opportunity to do that. Um, we need to do that with some distance between yeah. us and of a kind, mm-hmm. for sure. Um, but also, one, we don't have, like, millions of dollars in the yeah. bank to just, like, be like, cool, I'm going to, like, take a, take a sabbatical for as long as it takes right. and, like, maybe move to Thailand for a couple of years yeah. and see how I feel. Um, yeah. And I think we're also scared of being bored and not yeah. having enough to do yeah. um, and are used to having things to do. No, totally. I a lot of people are like, you've got to take a break. And I don't know. I, listen, could we financially figure out how to take a break? Yeah. Sure. But would we potentially spend a lot of that time worried about money? 
probably, you know, a certain I, amount of it. Yeah. 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 Um, or money and, or just like our futures. Like I, and, and I, I think, think that's more, more people, for me, like our futures yeah. than, yeah. I think a lot of people who take breaks say you have to do it for three months because you will spend the first month just anxious yeah. and like not able to disconnect. Well, the other advice that I've heard, um, is to basically budgetarily or, you know, knowing yourself or some combination mm-hmm. of the two, look at the calendar mm-hmm. and say, okay, I'm not even going to think about a job until right. this date. And yeah. set an actual date of yeah. being like, on, you know, January 15th, mm-hmm. that's when I'm going to let myself even think about anything work. Yeah. And then maybe I don't actually start working right. until March 15th or whatever yeah. it is. Yeah. Um, but that's the day where day I'm, I'm even allowed to think. Yeah. 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 So the thing that we've sort of decided in the interim or like as a little bit of a stopgap is just that we're not going to work full time full time right yeah. away. Um, and although I think you and I both agree that that's a different thing because it's, you know, than, than actually taking a, a break. But yeah, there. I think one of the hardest things about the fact that we've been getting so much input about how to how to carry on with these next steps and and that we must take a break is this sense that there's a right way to do it. Yeah. And I think that's been, and like this gets back again to my idea of like why I, I knew what the right thing to do with of a kind was. And I think what's hard about now is I'm not sure, I'm not sure what the right thing to do with next steps are. And again, the answer is there is no right way, but there is a lot of input of like, you should do this, you should do that. And um, I found that really challenging the sense that like, there's like, I'm not doing it the right way because even as you know, the workload has gotten lighter. I'm like, I'm not sure if I'm doing the best thing with my free time right now, which just gets back to a larger existential, you know, crisis that I think a lot of people have in which I think that book, How to Do Nothing, speaks very 100%. well to. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, um, yeah, I mean, I think we're both, we're basically trying to have very short work weeks mm-hmm. um, for the time being um, and figure out what to do with the days when we're not working and carve mm-hmm. out days where we're just not working at all. And yeah. just, what does that mean? Like, yeah. I bought three cookbooks um, oh, well. on Monday and feel like I'm going to, like, go deep on that. I think the people um, want to know what cookbooks you got. Okay. Um, I got um, Nothing Fancy, which yep. you probably already have by yep. now, of course, because I felt like I just yeah. had to buy it. It looks good. It, it, it looks it, it looks like there's a lot of good stuff in there. There's I'm a interested. ton of tinned yeah. fish, um, yeah. so I'm here for that. Mm-hmm. Um, I bought the Lucky Peach 101 Easy Asian Recipes mm. cookbook, um, which I had purchased as a gift for someone. Um, and then it was recommended to me that I would like it. And I was oh, like, oh, this okay. is, Good. yeah. Um, and it seems like exactly the right amount of like ingredient sourcing mm, or like mm-hmm. out of my comfort zone cooking okay. um, without being like buy 14 ingredients, make this lemongrass paste, let it mm-hmm. ferment for three days. Yeah. It's not that. Good. Um, Good. Thank goodness. Um, and then the one I'm most excited about tackling is the, I'm going to, butcher the pronunciation. Um, it's Canelli Vanelle. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is, what is the book called? It might just be called that. Um, but I bought it because it's a gluten, it's like gluten-free, but mm-hmm. there's like a sourdough bread recipe in yep. it that I want to, I want to do. Exciting. Doesn't sourdough gluten-free bread feel like the right kind of project for this period of time? Absolutely. I don't know when else I'm going to make it. No, this is definitely you know? the time to do sourdough gluten-free bread at home. I mean, yeah. If I'm going to work on a sourdough starter, I think <laughs> I'm going to need a couple, I couple hope days. I you get lots of use out of this starter. I hope so, too. Yeah. So we'll maybe we're going to – we think we're going to do a follow-up episode yes. to this one where we 
Our, talk about it with some distance. Yeah. This so we're recording this episode yeah. while we're sort of just come out of yeah. um just at the very end of wrapping things up and winding yeah, things we're down. Yeah, we're still yeah, we're still like yeah, right at the end. Right at the end. Um, um so this is all feeling fresh. And I will say just because you brought it up I don't think anyone else should ever feel any shame about the way no, that they I wrap yeah, up yeah, yeah, their yeah. business. I'm just speaking to my very yeah. personal experience. And I think it's really different for everybody. And I think one of the things that I think we did a lot of processing about while this was happening was how we felt about our business and the metrics by which we judged our business. Yeah. Um, and it was a funny time to be winding down our business while, for example, like the whole WeWork thing yes. was blowing up. And <sighs> and that brought along with it a lot of other, like, you know, a lot of sort of trend pieces around like, did you know all of your favorite businesses have never turned a profit? Things like that, um, which I think was fortuitous timing for us in the sense that we were able to look at our business and be like, wow, the metrics that we felt judged by were not necessarily the ones that we needed to feel ashamed of. And like maybe the ones that we felt proud of, we should have felt prouder of or vice versa. Yeah. But I think- Well, there are just 14 different lenses to look at all of these things through. And I think especially during this time of wrapping things up, it's important to remind yourself of- the good and positive ones yeah. and, all, you know, all of the, like, rose-colored ways to look yeah. at these things and not just... Because it's very... I think it's very easy to fall yeah. down the rabbit hole of, like, what is this and, like, do people even care about this and does it matter? Well, and a nice moment of that and to that point was that... So let's say, you know, we had run the business into the ground and there was tons of debt and whatever and it was a total mess. If that had been the case, there were still hundreds and hundreds of designers whose businesses we helped and whose lives we had a real impact on and that very much like came out um you know in in all of this news and fashionista just wrote a really nice piece about it and like that's a metric that we should feel as um as proud of and apply as much weight to as any of the other metrics yeah. in our business and i think you know same goes for any other business and and the impact it has not just financially but in other ways too yeah, you know, and and our employees, you know, look at them. Oh my gosh, how good how, the, the the things that we gave to them. Well, we'll be back with another yeah. segment of Claire and Erica the transition, um, <laughs> season <laughs> two. So, yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> and if you're listening and you were one of those people who reached out, thank you. Oh my gosh, we really felt touched, so moved, touched. We were so just like there were so many tears. Um, of just first me, yeah. then you. Yep. It, there were just <laughs> we felt really, really touched, and probably still haven't fully processed all of the definitely incredibly not. kind things that people said. And um, thank you also for sticking with us in this next chapter because the podcast and the newsletter are sticking around. They're happening. Yeah. All right, that's the show. Bye.